This episode is brought to you by The Senator's Sermon. This new blog will provide critical insight on the Ottawa Senators throughout the 2023-24 NHL season, leaving no stone unturned when it comes to covering the nation's capitals club. I'm recording this ad myself as I lost my voice at the Sens games this weekend, coming off back-to-back 5-2 thumpings of the Flyers and Lightning. This is the kind of passion you can expect all season long from the Senators Sermon head writers. Go to senatorssermon.wordpress.com and subscribe to their newsletter to make sure you don't miss a single blog. senatorssermon.wordpress.com Now enjoy the episode. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ease Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and my cousin Dan. Dan, you absolutely killed it on here and we look forward to having you on again down the road. So now for episode 121 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great time. It's going to be a great episode tonight. We have a guest that every time he's on, it's a great episode. So, Eric, why don't you tell everybody who it is? Yep, making his fifth appearance on the podcast and um, coming back to a previous episode that was recorded three years ago when he made his first mention of the genre that we're going to be discussing today. So, uh, pretty monumental that we've been able to go from back then when this was kind of more foreign to Matt and myself to now today. All this to say, bring him back for the fifth time on the program, the homie Curtis Daigle. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everyone? Glad to be back. Uh, Eric, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you might want to recount those uh, appearance uh, numbers because I thought I was at six. So, um, But yeah, I mean, glad to be back if it's five or six and really excited to be uh, completely in my element today. So mm. uh, yeah, it should be fun. No, honestly, that's hand up. That's on me. You've got me. I was even doing this is sloppy hostmanship on my part because (laughs) I actually wasn't sure if it was fifth or sixth beforehand, but did not commit the necessary research to go through the catalog of our 120 previous episodes and see where you slotted into those ones. And I guess one has eluded me. There's the, the first one, the comedy movie episode, the one where you joined my brother and I to talk some hockey the Hidden Gems episode, the comedy characters draft, and then I cannot think, what's the other one? Would you rather? Oh my god, that's an iconic episode too, that's huge slip up on me, so anyone who hasn't heard Curtis's past (laughs) work, just run it back, those are all great episodes, so I'll have to run that one back, that was a great one, episode 101 if memory serves. (laughs) Which oh, it, yeah, you remember that, but not <laughs> me being on it. The mind works in mysterious ways. Best not to try to understand mine. So, yeah, for episode 121, like I mentioned in your intro, you had mentioned a um, a penchant for the anime, film, and TV genre. So, for this episode, we're going over the One Piece live-action rendition of the very famous long-running anime One Piece. So, as you may you may know, Netflix just released a big show called One Piece um, this year. It was uh, one that was initially met with concern based on the um, notion that 
people didn't think they could adapt one piece correctly onto the screen live action that it was best served on uh, the anime or manga mediums but mm-hmm. we'll discuss the show tonight and see whether or not they did a good job adapting it from the sc- from the page to the screen Curtis, I'll hand the floor over to you first as our resident anime expert. What were your thoughts on the One Piece live-action rendition of One Piece? Yeah, um, and I think you introduced the, uh, the, the, the subject and the topic pretty well. Um, I'll start out pretty broadly. Um, actually, before I start, I'll just kind of mention that uh, so I am pretty much caught up on the, the anime of One Piece, so I've seen the initial uh you know the initial script so to speak and i've seen it play out over the years um i've actually watched the show for about 15 years now uh and it's it's it started airing back in 1999 uh so i did start uh when there was about 350 episodes already out um i have only caught up to current once and that was at around episode 900. Um, but since then, I have admittedly slacked a bit. So um, one of the greatest shows of all time in the anime realm. And um, I think that uh, for the first time, I think a lot of anime fans can agree that for the first time, maybe ever, we've, we've uh, seen a live action rendition that has actually done the original justice. Um uh, I'm interested to 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 discuss it more with you guys, but I think um, you know just from both from a fan of the show and for new fans like I, I think like you guys are, I think it was just an entertaining show. I think uh, they did a really good job of adapting the original uh, while still keeping things a little fun and fresh. And um, yeah, just overall, I think it was uh, really well done. I think the characters were really well done. And I'm just really happy to see what has happened with the show. Great uh, opening thoughts, Curtis. Matt, what were your what was your initial reaction to One Piece? Based on going into it, what did you expect? And then what did it end up being for you once you dove in there? I didn't even know what One Piece was, to be honest, until I was hearing all this talk on social media about... Like, even people at work that are big anime fans were talking about one piece and like i hope it's not a disappointment this is a really important show and like an old show and then so i went in so blind like you wouldn't even believe i didn't even know it was about like pirates or finding treasure like i I didn't know anything about one piece could have been sci-fi for all i knew i ended up really really liking the show a lot my favorite thing about the show just opening thoughts was is like i love the world of the show like the op like all the different places the different characters how stylistic it is and how they made like how they kept the anime elements live action like kind of like stuff that would never happen in real life but you know it's based on anime it's fine you know but yeah my opening thoughts is i was very impressed by the show Uh, what about you eric yeah similar boat pun intended to you matt in that i really didn't know much about this show at all my introduction to it was basically i listened to a podcast where a few of the guys on there are really into anime and they would talk about like, oh, One Piece, the new trailer just dropped for it. And they're bashing it based on being big fans of the anime and thinking that it looked very bad. So then I watched the trailer myself, not knowing anything about it. And I was like, yeah, this looks horrible. Like I thought it looked very goofy. And I even thought the production value wasn't great. 
But when I was into the show, based on having heard a lot of people say it was really good, I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. And I was a big fan of it, even though at times it did look a little goofy and like the, the even the action sometimes felt like a bit comic book or anime-ish and looked a little funny at times. I completely excused it, if you will, and was all in on the ride the whole time. Like you, love the setting, the pirate world, I feel like is something... We just don't see much of. I don't know why. I'm a, like Pirates of the Caribbean is really the only series I can think of that's set in this universe, and mm-hmm. um, and this has like some mystical elements to it as well with the um, like the powers and all that, which I found like just really cool to see mm-hmm. and uh, fun to watch like the different variety of characters that we had on there. So no big fan. It uh, also reminded me of the iconic GameCube game, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, where you're just mm. on a boat going from one corner of the sea to the other and um, trying to become the uh, the king of the pirates as Monkey D. Luffy ever so reminds us every episode that that's his plight. <laughs> but yeah, no, opening thoughts, big fan of the show. Do we want to get into like what we like the most about it? Curtis, obviously you've followed the anime more than us by a lot. What did you like the most about the live action rendition of One Piece? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I think after watching the show, I kind of asked myself like <clears throat> like what made what made it successful uh, as a standalone, just like t- an entertaining TV show, and then what made it successful as like a live action rendition of something that already existed, right? So I love the original story so to see it kind of come to life and told in in a bit of a different way i thought was was really neat um it was uh, to me like the anticipation of kind of knowing what was coming Mm. with some of this with some of like the really powerful scenes um at the beginning uh like just some notable ones like um you know the the big shanks scene or like sanji's um you know, like Sanji's backstory, uh, you know, like th- those, those big ones, um, kind of Nami's, um, you know, like cry for help almost like near the end of the, of the first season, like just super emotional, powerful moments, seeing them kind of come to life, um, was, was really neat. I, I think they did a lot of things right with keeping to the original, um, you know, and there's a lot of things that I think make this an a, a successful rendition. I think um, they consulted the like the the mangaka, like the creator of the manga for One Piece, on almost everything, and he kind of had yeah. final say when they when they created the show. So if he didn't like what was going on on screen they oftentimes would have to kind of scrap it and redo it and present it back Mm. to him. Um, Wow. And he really is the genius behind creating the world, creating the characters, and just like, you know, he's what's kept it going for this whole time, right? So to have him be so involved in in the process, I think, like, was one of the reasons why it made it as successful as it was. So there's a lot of things um, that I think you know, make it uh, a successful and entertaining show. That's just some of them. Um, but I think my biggest thing, like, I think they nailed the characters too. And I think the characters just shone on screen. So, yeah, I know I said a lot. There's a lot to talk about, but, uh, you know, that's just the part of, like, why 
thought it was so successful. The two main things that like got me hooked, like that why I love the show is the little more like basically the potential of this show like they gave us little morsels on how big the world is and little things char- characters mention like just like them talking about like the warlords of the sea and like I don't know anything about that but I'm curious this this show made me so curious curious enough to maybe even like read up on more or even watch the anime which take me all my life and like that got me really wanting to watch like the next episode just like little stuff on how big this world is and the world building two i love the villains quote-unquote villains in this show like buggy uh garp axhan morgan arlong my favorite dracul mihawk so badass like all the villains all those colorful characters and they're different like I didn't know what to expect after a while. I was like, man, they're going to throw something at me and I'm not even going to like, can't even anticipate it. It's so great. Um, I loved all that. That like kept me hooked. Even the butler, the fake butler and the uh, Clahador or however you say his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he was pretty cool. Like I liked, I, li- I like villains too. I'm like Eric. So like that kept me interested in every episode, all the different bad guys. Big reason why I love the show. And the main, the good guys are good too, but like, like Curtis, like you said, the characters are phenomenal. They're they're what make the show. So those are the two big things for me. What about you, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with a lot of what you both said there. Obviously, like I was a huge fan of the villains as well. the The world was unreal. I like the story a lot as well. Honestly, that's probably the one thing that stood out to me the most is just where this is going and where it went in this one season where we did cover a lot of ground and see in this season. And the different settings that we got to see episode to episode, I found were always super cool. Like the the fish restaurant or the restaurant in the sea there. I found like I enjoyed that arc. The the mansion with the, the cat butler waiter, whatever. That scum I hated that guy too. He was a good villain, but Claudora is not a fan. Uh, the clown arc, like there's like I said, we covered a lot of ground and I was always intrigued in wanting to know what was going to happen there. And from my understanding, they basically compacted a lot of episodes from the anime into those live action episodes to make them more concise and have more action happen quicker rather than a lot of filler, which is what I understand is maybe in the anime at times. But yeah, the story kept me hooked the whole time. This is a show I could have easily binged in a weekend, but I had to show self-control and watch like an episode every two nights or whatever because like you Matt I'm also extremely curious now and I can't wait for season two but unfortunately I know I'm gonna have to wait probably till 2025 for season two and now I'm just gonna have to ponder whether I want to commit to the anime watch 1500 episodes doubtful to be honest because I do want to be continue to be curious and just wait to see what will come down the road but yeah the and like i said earlier too the pirate setting is just really cool off the top love how they Mm -hmm. told the story as well with a lot of flashbacks and it wasn't over the top where the flashbacks didn't dominate episodes except for the sanji one i think that one covered a lot of our like a lot of the running time of the episode but that was a great one that was the probably the most emotional one Mm -hmm. right like that was a crazy moment Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, I think yeah. we're all on the same page on what we liked about this show. There's a lot to love here. I want to add uh, 
on what Matt was saying. And I, I really, I'm really happy to hear that those things kind of hooked you guys um, because they do, they do sort of like give little, little tidbits of, of what's to come. And I kind of take it for granted seeing the whole world and kind of knowing what is out there. Um, so when I watch the show, it's almost like uh, it, mm. I, I don't get that. Um, but it's cool to hear that you guys, like it kind of like tantalizes you a little bit. Um, and, and you're like, you're bang on with your anticipation. Like all those little, all those little tidbits that they drop, that, like it's intentional. Right. Mm. Um, but it's also like, it just even, opening your eyes to what's to come that's still just a fraction of uh you know of the world that uh you know wow. that will that will unfold like think just think about how how many episodes there are like this i think this show covered about 50 episodes of the anime and there's like you know close to 1200 out right now right so it's um they did a really good job of of compacting it and telling the story but at the same time it's there's just it's so vast it's bigger than you than you can even imagine it is right now um but i also wanted to touch on the villains and i think that they did such a good job with the villains in the show and um something that you guys might not know is that like one piece villains in the anime are almost like notoriously known for being like um clowny and i and that's not like a pun uh towards buggy they're just they're just like not like your typical badass like uh mm. the cool sort of villain that you know they're they're bad but you kind of like root for them like one piece villains are sort of known for just not really being super intimidating mm. like in the anime uh you know they, there's not a lot that have like a really cool aesthetic design um, but what they did in the live action was I think they made like almost all of the villains like just stand out really, really well. Mm. So I think that's something they actually like not just improved a little bit. I think they improved like a, 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 an immense amount and they made the oh, villains okay. just like, in my opinion, the villains like stole the show on multiple occasions in the live action. So uh, I, I am happy to hear that you thought that and it's a, quite the contrast to the anime. So one of the one oh, of the areas okay. where they definitely improved. OK, so I could definitely see where like a waiter who is a, a cat can be like, kind of goofy looking and like not really intimidating. Whereas in this show, like that guy was terrifying. And I'm, I'm just guessing here that he's one of the ones that you're referring to was a bit goofy in the anime, like with his claws and all that. And like just maybe whiskers in the animated version. I don't know. But in this one, like he was a sinister villain, like just clawing through the walls as they were kind of going through the hidden tunnels and all that. And um, as I have my cat here, who's an absolute menace as I'm trying to record. But, so cats can be terrifying as well, but also cute. <laughs> Kuro, like the the captain of the black cats, wasn't a terrible villain. But okay. if you look at if you look at like Buggy and his impact in the anime, Buggy was one of my least favorite characters in the anime. Like I I I would go so far as to say I hated Buggy. <laughs> like like I every time Buggy came on screen, I was like, oh man, like this guy. And then when we were watching the live action, I was like, kind of like expecting the same thing. I was like, oh man, this guy, like I knew Buggy was coming. And when I saw him, I was expecting just like this, I don't know, this like not super high value character. What we got from Buggy, like was like incredible. I, I, I can't believe how much value that actor brought to 
the rendition by how he pulled off buggy i was i was super impressed i wanted super more impressed. buggy honestly like every time yeah. he kept popping up i was fired up i was like let's go the guys back. yeah that's credit to the actor honestly and probably the writing the screenwriting yeah. as well like they elevated that character from the anime to the show but no he was great he reminded me of someone too i can't really place it but he's i've never seen this actor in anything he was really good and one thing i like that they did in this as well as they Unless I'm mistaken, I don't think they killed any of the villains either. Like they kind of kept them around so they could pop up down the road. Maybe Arlong, I feel like he's the only one we don't see at the end of the season, whether or not he's alive or not. But I enjoy, I'm enjoy. i happy that they kept like Buggy around. Even um, the woman pirate in the first episode, Alvida, I want to say is her mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... To me, like Ar- Arlong was the highlight for me for the villains. Well, him and Dracul. I don't even know if Dracul Mihawk's a villain. Like yeah. he seems pretty s- like a lone wolf, does his own thing. But I, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Arlong. Every scene with Arlong to me, I was like glued to the screen. But that was like the finale of the the season. So uh... something we had discussed off uh, going into the episode was to do a character draft. Something Curtis, you're familiar with. And that would also give us the opportunity to talk about the different characters that One Piece has in its arsenal. We've kind of gotten into a few of the villains there, but now we can go over the other ones that uh, have not been touched on yet. So, again, to determine our order, I'll whip out the trusty wheel that only I can (laughs) see at this point in time. But if you're watching on YouTube, just uh, like and subscribe. That helps us a lot. You'll see... Who will be picking when? Actually, and I'll say, okay, so it's going to land on. <laughs> oh, so close. Almost you, Curtis. So, Matt, you'll be deciding what pick you want to have. That's a, good, that's a good way to do it. All right, which character am I picking first? Well, uh, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, which <laughs> pick do you want to have? Like, do you want to pick first, second, or third? I'll are pick we, first. Are we doing first? Snake? Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, Snake. Okay. So now like, I know for... we're doing a draft, but like this this is going to let's just this is going to be a good exercise in highlighting the strength of these characters in this show and talking about them. But that's it. I will draft the four best ones in my opinion. I'll try to. All right. So it landed on me next, so I will yeah, be typical. going a classic, right? What are the odds yeah. Matt and I get to choose where we want to go before you, Curtis? It's not rigged <laughs> at all. I'll go second, and you can have back-to-back. Okay. 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 Honestly, I'm going to pick the character that, like, if you don't like him, you're not hooked in the show because he has the most screen time. I'm picking I'm picking Monkey D. Luffy first, <laughs> and I'll explain why. Monkey? I'm picking <laughs> Monkey first. Don't call him monkey. <laughs> yeah, Curtis doesn't I'm like picking that. Lu- <laughs> I'm picking Luffy first, and here's why. If I didn't like this character, I would have never have continued watching the show. His his unflinching optimism and like yes. happy-go-lucky nature was perfectly portrayed by the actor who plays him. I can't remember his name, but like that, like he really stuck with me, and I grew to like him even more and more every episode. And you know what? Like he grew on his crewmates too. You like he. <laughs> He keeps calling them a crew and they're like, we're not a crew. But the more he says it, the more he's willing it into fruition, into it actually happening. And the more times he says he's going to find the One Piece, I believe him more and more. He has the most screen time we see. I I, I loved his character and I... 
I saw more sides of him in the later half of the season where he, he got more serious. I like seeing more serious Luffy too, you know, where he's fighting for his friends. Anyways, I'm not going to talk about him all day. I'm picking Luffy first. He's the main character of the show. He was great. The actor played him greatly. Yeah, Luffy. Go ahead, Eric. Great pick, Matt. And <laughs> I'll say right off the rip, I was not a, I was not sold on Luffy right away as I got into this show. I definitely liked him and thought, you know, I respected his unwavering positivity. But and I think that might be an intended effect of the characteristic. He's not what you you're used to seeing in everyday life kind of thing, kind of like a Ted Lasso where eventually he just gets to you and you're just enthralled yeah. by the positivity. I think that's a good way like a good comparison for Luffy. And um he got to me. Definitely by the end of the season I'm all in on Luffy. No doubt. And like you, Matt, I completely, like in my mind, there, I don't envision a scenario where he doesn't become King of the Pirates. Like it's inevitable. And I think the rest of the crew will also accomplish their dreams unless some of them get shanked down the road. By if they follow Monkey D. Luffy's lead, they will be able to achieve their tr- full potential. And uh, he's just a good vibes guy, honestly. Like he's, he is hard to hate. Even though I tried as best as I could, I uh, the actor who plays him also killer. I love that they went with an yeah. unknown for the most part with the entire cast, and uh, no, yeah. he's yeah. doing his thing. I'm um I'm a Luffy guy. I had him ranked three though, so I'm I'm happy my number one's still on the board. I'll just say that. But Curtis, thoughts on Luffy? Yeah, and I know we can't dive deep into every character because there's just too many that we're gonna go. But I can't let you guys pass uh by me without chiming in on luffy so luffy for me probably i would say like top three uh favorite characters of all time uh, of any wow. uh anime it's it's such a difficult role and what you guys and i'm like matt you you just like nailed it because like that that is luffy and i'm really happy that someone who hasn't seen the original version of luffy still still like was able to extract like what luffy is all about like exactly what you said but he's such a difficult character to portray because for me like luffy is the perfect combination of like he's hilarious but he's also like one of the most badass characters that you'll ever see and like what i love about him is is his resolve and he's all fun and games until someone messes with his friends. And when someone messes with his friends, he becomes just like this unstoppable force. Live action Luffy didn't get to, I don't think he really got to like, like portray that side of Luffy as much like so far. Um, But when he did, I think he did a good job of showing that sort of like that contrast in the character. And it's like, you don't see a lot of characters like that, that can go from just like really goofy and like almost dumb to being like the mo- the hardest yeah. guy out there, right? So, um, so yeah, like an all time character, and, and I I love that he went first. So, no, that's a that's a good pick, Matt, for sure. I am not surprising that he. I feel like Curtis would have taken Luffy first as well. Obviously, he's a top three character anime in his books. I think I'm the only one who wouldn't have taken Luffy first. So I'm happy this uh, guy fell to me at number two. I'm gonna go with Zoro here. Just in my opinion. Most badass character in the show, save for maybe Mihawk, who is the uh, like the greatest swordsman allegedly, or one of them, the Seven Warlords. But we'll get to him later, mm-hmm. most likely. But no, Zoro is just like your traditional badass, silent type in anime genre, who kind of leads the way in terms of the action on the protagonist side. 
he had the coolest fight scenes and um just his fighting style i'm a big fan of like the two swords ahsoka style very cool and then he when he throws that third one in his mouth like nezuko has that piece of wood and demon slayer in her mouth that's uh, just over the top, right? You can't mess with that. But <laughs> I'm curious to see what his fighting style is going to look like also in the future seasons without his three swords. But um, in this season, I was always a fan of him. I um, would have been shocked if he got killed in that fight scene with Mihawk, but I also would have been mad if he won that fight scene. So I'm glad it ended up going that route where he still has... Um, stages to reach in terms of becoming the greatest swordsman and uh, hopefully he's able to achieve that goal down the road but yeah just a pretty simple character so far not too much underneath the surface other than like his backstory that we got which I enjoyed and um, would like to see something develop with him and Nami down the road who knows if that'll happen but that's just an early season call but yeah Zoro He's, he reminds me of my favorite character in Attack on Titan, Levi, silent mm-hmm. assassin. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, right away I gravitated towards this character. So Zoro, second overall pick, no-brainer in my books. I won't dwell on it too much, uh, but Zoro is an, another all-time character. Uh, the the three-sword style is definitely more uh, feasible in an anime setting than in real mm-hmm. life. Um, but, uh, I mean, I thought, I thought they still like made it work and it looked pretty badass, especially when he throws his bandana on, you know, mm-hmm. it's go time. Yep. The one, like I do like, it's a small criticism, but I think like the one criticism, if I'm not looking at it with rose colored glasses, I would say that I do think the actor was just like, he, he was just trying to be a little too cool for me. Mm. Um, you know, I'm I'm used to one version of Zoro. He's not really soft spoken in the anime. He's quiet, um, but he's but he has like he has like that raspy kind of like powerful presence when he does speak. Um, and and I know it's hard to to portray like you know, and you're not gonna do one to one, and you probably shouldn't even do like a one to one comparison, right? But it was just uh, you know just how the actor kind of like he spoke kind of like under his breath and almost in a whisper. Uh, to to seem like you know solemn and kind of like yeah, yeah exactly I just I, I I thought like if you're if you can like if you can nitpick something about it being a little corny I think that would be it you know still a, a great choice and Zoro's you know Zoro might be top five for me all time so he's right up there with Luffy yeah highlight of the action scenes really for me like great great stuff what do you have Curtis for your first uh... man you got two, two back to back. Yeah, I wasn't really thinking uh, I was going to, you know, obviously I was hoping I was going to get an earlier pick, but <laughs> I also I also didn't write anything down. So I'm going into this based on my confidence and knowledge of the show. Which so, is greater you know, than things, ours, so I'm not too worried for Things you. might slip. This isn't any particular order because I, I guess I get 3-4. So I'm just going to pick, I'm going to pick Sanji and I'm going to pick Buggy mm, as my, nice. as, as my two choices. Whoa. Um yeah, so Sanji doesn't get, uh, and you know I might be a little biased because I've you know I've seen more of Sanji, uh, and he doesn't get a ton of screen time. But like we kind of a couple of us mentioned already, like I love Sanji's dream, you know, and I think everyone has amazing um, resolve in the crew, and I think that's kind of what makes it so cool is that like everyone has resolved towards something different, but they come together. Right. And I, I just, 
I don't know. I love the way he was introduced. I love his backstory. Uh, and I think the character, he might be one of the closest, like, like one-to-one copies of the character. I think they nailed the look. Mm. Uh, I, the accent was interesting to me. It's not a knock, but it, like, I just thought the accent was interesting. Um, but I think like they nailed the look and, uh, just the overall vibe that Sanji gives and buggy. I've already said it, you know, just an amazing villain. Like he almost, I, and this is like really high praise, but he almost gave me like a Joker vibe yeah. with like the, yeah, with, for with sure. the, like yes. the, the, right. Like the sinister, but like, yeah. you know, he's got like that crazy side to him as well. And like it, it kind of like gets uncovered as things move forward that he's a little bit more goofy than he is like sinister and, and like evil. But, uh, but like, man, like even just his, I think like one of his first lines when he's talking about like, that's my map and I have to have it like it, just the delivery. And he's like kind of sitting sideways in his chair and uh, just amazing. Like I can't say it enough how well the, the actor did. So yeah, those are my two. Uh, I'm pretty happy with those, even though I'm going three, four. Yeah, those are super solid, Curtis. Uh, Sanji, I really liked his character. I felt the show really picked up. Like once we get to the restaurant, we're introduced to him. Um, loved his martial art fighting skill, like no weapons, just kicking the, all those fishmen in the ass. That was cool. That that got like heavy. I got heavy anime vibes from that scene, like at the end where he's just kicking the shit out of them. Like, how is he doing this? Doesn't matter. It's an anime. <laughs> live action uh buggy yes joker vibe you nailed it i didn't even think of that till now but that's absolutely it and the whole time i was watching buggy i was like how is he like commanding all these people like why is he so strong and then they show like his his like devil fruit power or whatever it's pretty badass it's he's indestructible almost so no like good picks uh curtis what do you think of them eric good picks for sure like I'm, we've talked about buggy me too like he reminds me of kind of a mix of both joaquin phoenix's and heath ledger's joker like i can't lean one way more than the other i feel like it's a mix in in the middle of them both honestly and sanji i was a big fan of honestly someone i would have liked to draft as well um loved his story like i already said in the flashback scene with the the chef um zef i believe was very good and then, yeah, to see him grow up, like, just whipping up in the kitchen. Like, I've recently gotten back into the cooking game. Maybe Sanji's influence from One Piece is getting to me inspired to cook again. I don't know. But it was just, it's satisfying watching people cook on the screen, either a YouTube video or in a TV series like this. And whatever he made always looked mouth-watering and uh, just delicious. So, no, great. And I like this fighting style as well. I also like the um kind of rivalry between him and Zoro like he's like openly trying to get Nami I feel like just like or just pretty much any girl in this universe like he's just <laughs> all about them but um you know he's a good character good addition to the crew I'm a, I'm a fan for sure my next pick now I'll go with uh, also someone we've talked about already because I'm pretty sure Matt would take him some playing some defense and I was a big fan of him Arlong the um yeah. the killer shark uh, I just mm. thought he was a badass, like, final boss for this season. I hope we haven't seen the last of him, honestly. But he was a menace against um, Luffy in both fight scenes, honestly. Like, he had kind of had to resort to not playing cheap, but, like, using his elements, the elements around him, like the pillars and breaking, uh, bringing the, the tower down on Arlong to beat him. Like, he has otherworldly powers as well, like, just brute strength. 
and the the gum gum attacks just were weren't doing much to to Arlong. But no, he had a lot of good uh, lines of dialogue as well. A yeah. lot of uh, references to maybe different um, racial situations in America or in the in the world in general. I found that his character represented those kind of class dynamics at times that we've seen in uh, society. So like, I'm glad that they also touched on those sensitive topics through his character. And um, yeah, just like his fish and um, shark man army was unreal. He's a cool character. So I'm taking R along my second pick. Sorry, Matt. I guess, uh, I guess you got poached there. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Arlong was great. Once again, I think like an upgrade from the original. Uh, oh. He was like, Arlong is ruthless, right? And like, you know, some of the stuff they showed with like, well, how he treats Nami and like how he did treat Nami's like mom and stuff like that. And, and just like the brutal taxes that they impose on people that are like, pretty much helpless right um i don't know they created like you know buggy is a completely different villain like you don't really like you don't really like like love to hate buggy he's just kind of is arlong like he's a good character but you also want to see him get his ass kicked right Mm -hmm. so uh so yeah i mean they did a phenomenal job with arlong yeah, I loved Arlong. Like, I already said it. I love him. Um, the scene where he walks, scrolls in with his goons at the restaurant. Uh, and just the way his air of confidence. I'm like, I am superior to you humans. Like, we are the superior race. Like, it's amazing. Like, I loved it. The actor who did who portrayed him did a great job. I love his look. He looked, like, hulking in his, his swordfish yeah. nose. Like, his nose. Like, a, yeah, anyways. Good, good pick, Eric. I was going to pick him next. Um, but I guess I'll have to go with my boy Dracul Mihawk, <laughs> Warlord of the Seven Seas, or Seven of the Warlords of the Seas, one of the seven. Anyways, his sword, I mean, they they mentioned, like, oh, he can cut a ship in half with his sword, and they show it in, like, that that clip show where he's killing, murking all these guys, mm-hmm. and just the way, like, his interactions with Garp, and his interactions with Zoro when he defeats him, but he's like, hey, I liked you, like, we're going to fight again probably eventually. Like, like don't, don't give up. Like he, he's, I don't even know if he's a villain. Like he's his own thing. He's more powerful than good and evil. He's just, I don't, I need to know more about him. This is, this is what the show did so well. It made me intrigued enough to like do deep dive on the show and maybe read up on him or watch the anime. I did Google him to see what he looked like in the anime for sure. Um, but no, this is why I'm picking him because he was super mysterious. We didn't get a lot of them, but what we did get was like 10 out of 10 for me. So that's why I'm picking Dracul Mihawk. So I'll just quickly comment on Dracul Mihawk and you saying that you're not sure if he's a, a villain or not. Like I see him kind of as like down the middle of dabbles in a bit of evil, like will do some dirty work as needed, but also has a sort of code and I can kind of compare him to a Balin skull from Ahsoka where he's like just down the middle, mm. gray Jedi kind of thing. Just tips his toes on both sides. And like you said, if he sees someone who's on the other side from him who he likes, he'll be like, you know what? I see something in you. Train up and let's have a proper battle where I don't have to use my mini sword against you and we'll have an actual fight. As soon as he whipped out that tiny, 
tiny blade. I'm like, he's murking Zoro. Like, there's no way this is going any other way here. It was hilarious. And it was a great fight scene, too. Like, that was one of my favorite yeah. fight scenes of the season, honestly. I found it was electric. And I, like I said, I was hoping he wouldn't kill Zoro. I didn't think he would, just based on what I knew about, like, Zoro as a, a goat character in anime. I would have been shocked if he died there. But, yeah, no, Dracul Miok sick character like i was i didn't think you wouldn't take him now but i was gonna take him at the turn if you got to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah great choice and i love the intrigue of the the seven warlords i think just to like clarify so like the warlords are essentially pirates that have been given this like almost immunity status by the world government and by the marines to uh, kind of almost like continue to do what they do but while also being at like the beck and call of the marines mm. if they need them to like you know do some dirty work or something like that right so yeah. you you did ca you did catch a glimpse of that and i'm i'm doing uh, you know i'm i'm avoiding spoilers um but you do catch a glimpse of that between garp and mihawk um you know when they do when garp kind of tries to get him to do something and he's basically just like no um, right. So it, it is, it is a fine line. It, you know, I think he, it's kind of surprising that he lets Zoro go like in the grand scheme of things. Like it's one of those things, like, you know, maybe you want to kill your enemies uh, while you have the chance, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I love the intrigue that it's raised and, you know, like in, in your mind, like Matt, you seem to like be really intrigued by Mihawk and also by like the other warlords. So, you know, basically just think like there's six other potential characters out there that wow. like, you know, and, and, you know, and that's once again, just a one piece of the pie sort of thing. Right. So <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool. Yeah. Matt, you got back to back. I forgot. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with Nami Damn it, next. Nice. Um, you know why? Because up. she's the eye eye candy of the show. I'm like fell in love with her, <laughs> just real. like visually. <laughs> and also, I, I the more the season went along, the more I liked her character more and more too. Uh, like first, like I knew she wasn't totally like a traitor when she like gave the map to uh, Arlong. Which that's the thing. The Grand Line. What the hell is the Grand Line? I'm just, the whole show is super curious <laughs> about that. Anyways, uh, no, Nami. I, I mean, you guys are going to talk to about her. I just liked, she was a super solid character. And the whole, like, the finale of the season explains why she is such a great character and what she did. And, yeah, Nami, I'm going to go with Nami for sure. I think Nami in the third round is a steal because I actually had her ranked number two. Like, she was one of my favorite characters of the show, but I thought I could maybe scoop her up later. No, I was hooked on Nami mm -hmm. one time from that first intro scene. Uh, big fan. And um, a lot of depth to her character as well. Like Her backstory was amazing. You can see why yeah. she turned out to be such a self-reliant and resourceful woman who would do what it takes to survive based on what happened to her as a kid. Like seeing your mom get gunned down right in front of you. Like basically sacrificing herself so you can live on. Insane. Very yeah. tragic. And I also knew that she'd come around in the end. It would have been very surprising to make her fully flip like that. But, uh, yeah, no, I was a big fan of Nami. And I swear, like I mentioned earlier, I'm hoping Zoro or maybe Sanji, I guess, end up with Nami. Because I swear if Monkey D. Luffy bags Nami, like there's something wrong here. Like something's just not adding up. Man says no game. <laughs> 
Anyways, so oh, that's man. my thoughts on Nami. <laughs> Do my buddy Luffy like that, man. man. Um, yeah, no, like, I thought, like, uh, I believe Emily Rudd is the actress's name that plays Nami. Yeah. And I actually thought that she was maybe the strongest actor slash actress in the show. Um, especially, I think, out of the, like, the main crew. I think... I think her acting was was pretty spot on and uh yeah like the scene like the scene where Luffy gives her his hat like near the end of the season is like is one of the best like I I probably like I said I probably saw that scene like 15 years ago but I was just waiting for it because like it's to me like it's so iconic like you know that's one of the first times you get to see Luffy basically saying like don't don't mess with my friends, right? Plus, he gives away his most prized possession, and he, which basically symbolizes like you're not going anywhere. I'm, you know, I'm not going anywhere. Hold on to this for me while I go beat the shit out of this shark, <laughs> and then I'll come back and we'll be a crew, even though you don't want to be like we're we're a crew, like you know. So, yeah, great, great pick, great character, and I think the actress, like kudos to her, she did a phenomenal job. Now that was Luffy rizzing her up. Like that might be what make made her flip on Luffy. Like seeing him, seeing him as more than okay. This guy's kind of a clown. Drinks milk while the rest of us are having drinks at the bar. <laughs> Maybe he is a little more grown up than I thought. Who knows? But uh, no, great, great pick. Like I was gonna take her next round for sure. So now I'm gonna have to pivot here between two <laughs> characters. Gold Roger is a standout. I think I'm gonna go in a different direction here. And this strictly for potential of character as well. And I thought he was a cool and interesting character from what we saw. I'm going with the homie Shanks, who, mm. while we did not see that much of him, most of us watching probably assumed he died tragically, which is why his his hat ended up on Luffy's scalp in future episodes. But I was no able to shrewdly that. identify that Shanks lives on and I was rewarded with my call with the scene at the end of season one, showing us that he is still alive and kicking. And I think we're going to get a lot more of Shanks on the road, but let's talk about what we saw of him. He yeah, seems to have some sort of power over creatures of the sea where he came in that standoff with the sea dragon and was able to calm it and make it retreat when it had Luffy and Shanks dead to rights in the middle of the ocean. So that was an impressive scene where we got to see like, okay, maybe this guy is more than just a, a drunk captain kind of thing. Like he's a Jack Sparrow with a bit more tricks up his one sleeve. So mm. I think uh, there's a lot to come from Shanks. He might even end up being a villain. Who knows? He's uh, someone who is Luffy's idol who got Luffy into the pirate scene. You could even make the argument that without shanks there is no one piece there's no show following monkey d luffy's quest to become the king of the pirates so i think it'd be a disservice to not give shanks the respect he deserves and have him be picked in the third round by me so that's my that's my pick <laughs> great choice yeah it's a steal it's it is a steal <laughs> And one of the, I, I know I keep saying it, but one of the other scenes that I was just like on pins and needles, like just waiting for was that scene when Shanks loses his arm. Um, in, in Once again, I just remember how like powerful that was watching it for the first time and seeing like how calm Shanks was about, 
about like he basically like yeah. had his arm torn off and his main concern was just consoling Luffy and basically just like you know just like giving him a hug and just being like I'm I'm here for you like the the relationship between Shanks and Luffy is like uh, it's you know you can see Luffy's uh, influence or Shanks influence on Luffy by how he treats you know the people around him it's very similar Shanks is very kind of goofy like happy go lucky but you know people mess with his friends and and you know he he shows up sort of thing so uh yeah Shanks is a great character um I'm happy to hear that you know he had a good impression and I'm excited to see uh you know what happens in the future with him in the show everything you guys said and i'll add like the look like the actor who played him was perfect too perfect look uh i thought they nailed it and i love his scenes at the bar at the like in the flashbacks like his interaction like he's super funny and nonchalant but then super serious when he needs to be and i like that i got i love big fan of shanks so yeah good pick yeah, eric yep, thank you so I do I get two now? You get back to back, yep. and these are your last two. So just make them count because oh I got gosh, someone man. queued up. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have uh, written stuff down here. So I'll pick. I mean, we, to me, like we are getting to the you know, and not to say they're bad characters, but just these characters probably wouldn't, uh, you know, wouldn't have been my choices if uh, the wheel was a little more in my favor, but. <laughs> um so I, I will go with with garp um <laughs> there's there's not much left guys like going garp, um, yeah. yeah i'm going garp uh i thought like i thought garp was a pretty consistently good character throughout the the first season um and i will say that one of the few like large changes in the show was the marines uh presence throughout this this whole like these this whole saga and these arcs in the anime they are not being pursued by uh, by garp and uh you know and the others um nearly as uh, as close as it was portrayed in the show and i think uh from what i read they wanted to like add a little bit of urgency um, you know, to what was going on. I think in the anime, it follows Luffy sort of just like meeting his crew members and like sort of going through that adventure. But there wasn't like as much pressure from like the Marine presence. So they definitely upped that. Um, but but what it did was it let some of the other characters shine a little bit. Um, and yeah, like I, I kind of mentioned it to, to Eric, but the guy kind of reminded me of like a, like a Gerard Butler sort of like, I actually kind of like did a double take when, when I, when I yeah. saw him at first, when he was with gold Roger and, uh, yeah. And I, I just think he did a great job Garp in the anime. Once again, it's like a little bit more clowny. Like he's a little bit more, uh, just like happy-go-lucky nonchalant he's laughing like all the time and he has this like really big belly laugh and garp was a little bit more serious in the show but i think uh yeah i think he he did it very well so um yeah i'll let you guys uh chime in on garp while i think of a fourth i'll just go quickly a few thoughts on garp first of all tough name tough to take someone seriously with the name monkey garp and um that's my first initial thought is like i just find it comes off as not intimidating and maybe even unintelligent. But that being said, Garp was a great character. I will say, like, I love 
his dynamic with Monkey D. Luffy. Like, that was a big twist. Did not see that coming at all. The grandfather-grandson angle. And then their fight scene at the end, too, where he's a formidable foe. Like, does, mm-hmm. has he also consumed some sort of devil fruit? Maybe we'll find out in the next season. And the other thing is, my comparison for him was that he reminded me of Patrick Roy. Like, almost spot yeah. on, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So, those would be my initial thoughts on Garp. Marine's storyline, I didn't quite care for it, honestly. Every time they cut away... And we got that bitch boy Kobe pulling up on the screen. Like it just did Whoa. nothing for me. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if he was on anybody's radar. I can tell you Matt's right now, I ain't taking it with my last. I love pick. Kobe. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's um, a bit too much Marine action for my liking. But Garp, I will say, was probably the strong takeaway from those characters. Right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind the Marines at all, actually. But that is in part because of Garp. My boy Garp from the actor, he's from uh, Troy. He's uh, Achilles' right-hand man in Troy, Brad Pitt's right-hand man. And he's also in 300, and that's where I recognize him from. Super, like, like he's got the super pale eyes, like you said, like Gerard Butler. And, like, I, I like that actor a lot. I think he's South African, maybe. Or, anyways, doesn't matter. Um, big fan of his character. I didn't mind the Marine scenes, guys, to be honest. I It was, like, the... A different point of view and no i like that stuff so good pick uh solid pick curtis thank you yeah i mean i think like the marine scenes they added some value it wasn't like super rich in story so eric maybe you weren't like super hooked just because you know there wasn't a bunch of there wasn't a bunch of background stuff going on they had kind of added it in mm-hmm. um but you know it, it's you know, it kind of brings that question up, like who is, who even is a villain right now and who is uh, righteous, right? Because like the Marines are kind of seen as villains just because they're against the main character and the crew, but they are also sort of like the law enforcement, right? So it's it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's kind of a toss up for number four for me. And uh, um, yeah, it, I don't know. I didn't, once again, didn't expect to, to it to go down this way, but I think... I think I would have to choose uh, Kuro or Clawhador just because of his rendition of the, of the villain. Um, I actually like sort of forgot how that played out um, because it's been so long. So to kind of see it and, and to see the actor's portrayal of the villain, I actually, once again, the villain wasn't bad in the original, but uh, the portrayal was great. I think he was like pretty intimidating, had that like creepy sort of vibe that I, I actually like really do appreciate in the villain. And the, the story was like pretty interesting. It was very oppressive. Um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, just a, a good character. They squeezed a lot of good villains in season one. So yeah, Kuro, my uh, fourth and final. Good pick wasn't my favorite of the villains because of the likability factor, but in terms of intensity and fear factor, he was probably number one, honestly. He's the one who commanded the screen in the most terrifying way, I'd say, in that while I most likely knew he wasn't going to end up killing our main main characters, maybe a few of them, like one of them gets killed by him. I don't know. Like he did, he was in control of the mansion scene, had them on the run that had the most horror movie vibes of any of the scenes in this season and i really appreciated that change of pace and it was because of his character not his two hench 
men and women nope. there. They're bumpkins. <laughs> you knew Zoro was gonna carve through them like a a pumpkin <laughs> on October thirty. If you don't do that on the thirty first, but yeah, so good pick. I I respect it. Yeah, it's a very good pick, Curtis. Uh, those two, the two episode arc there was I enjoyed that. Like I said, I could have binge watched. Like Eric said, like I I could also binge watch the show, and it's for reasons that it always kept moving along. Like we got two three episodes with this, and anyways, the two episodes with him were excellent in my opinion, and he was very menacing. Uh, I'm curious to see who you got, Eric, for four, because I'm like I'm looking at who's left, and it's tough. So in my books, there's two ways I could go, maybe three, honestly. And maybe four if you include Kobe, but I've already made my stance <laughs> clear on him. So I'm going to be going with a character that was actually introduced in that same arc, which is my number five character of the show, Usopp. I was a big fan of him, honestly. What? Okay. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm joking. Oh, okay. I'm joking. No, I would have respected that. Just payback. open, open um, resistance to that pick. But no, I liked Usopp a lot, honestly. Like he's definitely a clown of a character that probably resonates more with a younger audience and maybe I am that person in this scenario, literally. And I think that his like just inherent nature to lie and exaggerate situations was kind of funny on how he'd say, like, oh, I single-handedly took down everybody. Like, he knows how to command a crowd. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, there's something about Usopp that I like, like the charisma and wanting to be the captain. Like, him butting heads with uh, Luffy, I enjoyed as well. Like, they're both talking about, like, who's captain. And then uh, Nami and Zora, like, uh, like, do we tell him? And kind of like, they're kind of like the parents of the two little kids kind of thing. That's how I saw those interactions. And, um, yeah, I like Usopp. Slingshot, not the best weapon. Hopefully levels up in the next season, I will say, which is probably why he slid to the fourth round. But, um, yeah, Usopp, another unknown actor. I mean, all of them are, really. But mm -hmm. great, great screen presence and excited to see where he goes in the next seasons. Yeah, I, I figured you'd go there. Um He's polarizing for sure. Uh, they, they, I was a little disappointed. Um, and it, they did go in a bit of a different direction with like the way they introduced him. Um, in the anime, like he actually had, um, he actually had like a little band of pirates like in his mm. in that town that they mm. met him. It called the Usopp Pirates, and it was actually like him with like a bunch of like younger kids and they all sort of like mm. idolized him because of not because of his abilities but because of the way he talked shit basically right okay. and 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 he like he led them to believe that he was uh, a great pirate king uh or or captain Usopp uh so uh, Usopp in Japanese means lie ah. uh so his name <laughs> is actually lie um, his, his character is built around uh, telling tall tales um, he like he's definitely more of like a comic relief type of character. There, like um, those moments that you see, like with the banter of them, like you know, arguing who's the captain and things like that. That's like pretty typical Usopp. So you, you know, like you know what you're gonna get. It definitely a, a still a backbone piece to the crew, but like you said, it's a slingshot. You know, and the others kind of have a little bit more impact so far. So, you know, I think that's why you see him slide a little bit in the draft. Yeah, Usopp grew on me as the episodes were going along. I didn't mind him at the end at all. Like like what you said, he 
what he's doing. He's he's doing a good job of his like good representation of the character from the animated. He did a good job. So yeah, uh, I would have picked him honestly, Eric, if you hadn't picked him. Yeah, I was gonna. Now ask, I have so to pick. Thank you for telling. I have to pick. I have to, though. Although this character appeared in every episode. I will not be picking him, actually. I'll be picking Axehan Morgan as number four. Can't pick Kobe. Kobe was too... Uh, the guy sucked. There, I have a lot of complaints. But I'm picking Axehan Morgan, and I'll tell you why. This guy from episode one, I was like, who the hell is this guy with the metal jaw piece and the axe hand? I'm not going to lie. I googled a lot of, like, YouTubed a lot of fights of the anime with him in it, and he's totally badass in those. That should have no bearing on this live action show, but I'm just saying... He was pretty cool and larger than life. His son, too, was pretty, like, his character goes through a lot, too, Helmpo. Um, but, yeah, Axehan Morgan, big, big villain guy. So I, I, I thought he was pretty cool. We don't get a lot of him, but, like, I don't know. I like kind of a, he's like a military figure, takes pride, very regimental, strict. Kind of like that about him. So, yeah, Axehan Morgan, number four. Yeah, didn't get a lot on him honestly he was in the first episode so a distant memory at this point for me but was very cool honestly like, i like the look of him as well in like a cool looking first villain that you run into that really mm -hmm. glued our characters our crew got them together right again i'll use the same lines i used before without oxan morgan is there a straw hat pirate crew maybe not so i think he was integral to the storyline and a good first boss fight to to set the tone for what we're going to see in terms of how these villains are going to look like with Axan Morgan right away. You're like, all right, we're going to be dealing with some funky stuff this season. Like we're not yeah. going to just be seeing someone who's wielding an ax, who's someone's axe's hand is an ax kind of thing. So he's more machine than man. He could be the Darth Vader of this series. Darth Vader. Who knows? <laughs> But I uh, know that's a good pick. I thought you were going to go a different direction, to be honest. I thought Chef Zeph was going to be your pick. Uh, but either way, a, gr good. a great pick as well, Matt. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of the beauty of, I mean, I've said it before, but like the genre in general, I find it's just like the sky's the limit, right? And uh, with live action adaptations, I think it, you are a lot more limited, but for something like an axe hand, it's not out of the question, right? Like there's CGI aspects that would be difficult to translate to the, you know, to the the live action screen, but the, the genre itself, or not even the genre, the medium uh, of anime, it just kind of, I, I love it because there's so many different things you can do with it. it, it like, you know, it's, it's a show about pirates and like Matt, like you said, you didn't even know that going into it right and there's this show that's been running for mm -hmm. you know 25 years now and it's one of the most uh, successful of its kind uh you know and it's completely different than anything that we've ever seen in the west right um yeah and yeah like axe hand was a good uh tempo setter you know he kind of he kind of like makes you ask like like what else can we expect in the future and i think that yeah. like you know, it's, it's, it's you, the answer is you can expect anything that your imagination can, can think of. Right. And that's the beauty of it. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's a wild ride. Um, good pick. <laughs> I think it's really 
it, it, it's really rough if you're a Kobe slash Helmepo fan right now <laughs> because like I I don't know I don't know what you could have done with Kobe's character to put him in the top twelve. Um, I've also I've also said it I think to Eric uh, in the recent past that uh, in the anime Kobe is is like at the beginning like that he's in it for i think the first episode or something like he's really not a big mm. part of the anime and so when my wife and i were watching um you know there were definitely some comments about kobe's character and i mentioned oh like don't worry like you won't see much of him <laughs> like moving forward that aged poorly and yeah like fast forward eight episodes later and he's like one of the you know, one of the largest uh, screen time characters in terms of like just like longevity throughout the eight episodes. He's yeah. definitely in and around. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think like I think the character was always just sort of going to be a whiny kind of annoying character. And like, I don't think you can change that too much. So I I respect your choice, Matt. I think you did the right thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think we picked the, you know, the best 12 we could. So I'll do a quick recap of all of our teams, but just while we're on the topic of Kobe like, and maybe predictions of what we'd like to see, what would make this character more interesting to me is if we do steer him down some sort of villain arc where he abandons mm. the, the choir boy stance and just becomes like a full-fledged like, villain, basically. Like I said, like just make him see a different side of the military that changes his mentality towards pirates and not being acceptant to whatever Luffy's trying to accomplish. I feel like that could make him a more compelling and interesting character. Right now, like I said, every time we switched over to him, I could not care less about what he was trying to do. And unless I miss something, his ascension through the ranks made zero sense to me. Like, how did he end up becoming the right-hand man to Garp? Because he knew how to tie a knot? Like, that was nuts to me. Like, I swear I missed something or... Maybe clue me it was, in. It was very strange, especially since he... I, I'm pretty sure he punched Helmeppo in the face while Luffy's crew was trying to escape. And then, like, for some reason, just, like, assault on, on a Marine <laughs> was just overlooked. And f yeah. fast forward, he's standing beside Helmeppo, who is Axan Morgan's son, yeah. uh, who they mention his name once in the entire season. Um, but he's just standing beside him while he has like a shiner. And then he just like, you're right, Eric. He just kind of like, and, and that's the, that's the thing, right? They thrust this forward. It's not part of the original story. It is a little forced. And, you know, from a Hollywood perspective, I guess they felt that they needed to add another element of urgency. So, you know, that's the, that's the explanation. It's not a great one. Um, but that is why they did what they did. Right, you are. It is not a great one. So, like I would, like I said, I want to see him go down the villain route, and maybe you can somehow redeem this boring character. Anyways, so rundown of our teams again. So I'll start with Matt. So in order, Matt, you selected Luffy, then Mihawk, then Nami, and then Axan Morgan. Very strong team. Then over to me. Oh, yeah. So I got Zoro, Arlong, Shanks, and Usopp. I think pretty good team, but potentially lost some <laughs> steam as soon as I took Shanks. Might have lost the mainstream. And then the Usopp choice just blew my chances <laughs> out the water. <laughs> and then, so Curtis, you got Buggy, 
Sanji, Garp, and Kuro. So if I were to give an edge right away, I'd be saying Matt probably has the strongest team. Nabbing Luffy and Nami are two. Yeah. Like that's gonna you're pandering with those picks basically. Like that's just you're trying to get yeah. votes from people. And then yeah. Mihawk, arguably most badass character in the show. Axan Morgan also very badass, but I think Chef Zeff would have solidified the dub. Now you left the door open oh. a little bit with Axan Morgan, so we'll see what the people think. <laughs> Fair enough. But no, great, uh, great picking. Letting this rip for a decent amount of time. You guys want to do some quick predictions on next season, and then we can look to wrap it up. Sure. Okay. So obviously, Curtis, you kind of know what's coming. Without giving any spoilers, if you could hint towards a story that you'd like to see based on like an arc that you know is coming, I think maybe that could be a good way to steer like your kind of predictions. Or do you want us to give our thoughts first before you give like your thoughts on what you'd like to see? Yeah, I think it'll be hard for me to like to speak to what's to come, like you know, without giving too much away. I I, I do want to just say this that when I think of One Piece, I don't think of it as being like this really spoiler heavy, like you know, like story. It's it's more of like you know an overall experience. So. You know, if you do pick up like little things here and there, like when you're researching or looking up stuff, like don't think that that's going to ruin the show for you moving forward, right? Especially with live action adaptations, sometimes even having a bit of a different spin to them. Um, that being said, I, you know, without spoiling too much, uh, I hope <laughs> it's clear that the crew is it's not set in stone. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, we could see, we can see further additions in the future. And, and mm. I think the prospect of that and given how rich and like entertaining the backstories were for, you know, what was revealed so far, I think it's always like really exciting when there's the prospect of like, and, and, and that's not even like the crew in general. Like we already talked about the warlords, right? Like just like how many characters they could introduce in the future. Um, and just like they're just adding layers of depth and and like building that world, building the story. You know, we've only seen one aspect of the of the seas, right? Like they've already they've already kind of hinted that there are multiple seas. Sanji wants to go where all four seas meet. So they're in the east blue right now. They haven't even touched any of the other, you know, uh, north, south or west blue. And the Grand Line is is something uh, you know, on its own. So, you know, what you can expect is even bigger, even better, more characters. And I just hope they continue to, to nail, you know, the characters as they did in season one. No, that was good, Curtis. What I hope to see is like the different, for lack of a better word, like cultures and maybe even races that are exist in this world and like them traveling to even like gigantic cities or maybe even cities on water, like giant, armadas or something i don't even know if that's a thing and maybe even going to more of the garp kobe because they're going to be in season two so maybe like kobe rising the rises through the ranks of the marines and becomes more like elite there that's what <laughs> i think is going to happen maybe maybe i'm totally wrong um more backstory would be good too but like i really want to see like different characters and i know like what you just said curtis we will but i'm, I'm very excited for that and i just want to see different worlds and different, uh, 
I don't know, like the color in the show, like the style, the setting of the show is the strength of the show. And I'm just can't wait to delve into more of it. So yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah. What about you, Eric? I mean, I agree with those calls minus the military. Give me less of that garbage, but I want to see. <laughs> I didn't mind it. I, I agree with you too. Like them, the style and the style and the color choices that the production crew used is fantastic. I, I love how bright and vibrant the look of the show it gives us it's like a great contrast to other series we've seen of like witcher for example where everything is very dark and grim yeah this is a perfect flip to that in a less serious kind of show so anyways more on predictions so i want to see the quest continue to um to find the one piece we're obviously not going to get there next season but I want them to keep exploring different areas of the sea. And even if we could levitate to maybe some sort of airborne state mm. and um, world, like in the sky or something, I feel like something like that or underwater, something different or yeah, I guess on the edges of the middle ground that we've seen, which is all on the water. I'd like to see either above or below, if that makes any sense. I feel like that could be cool. I have no idea if they end up going in that direction in the show, but I feel like that'd be something cool to explore, like some Pegasus knights, some wyvern riders, something along those lines would be pretty cool. And um, yeah, I mean, new villains, I think they're going to just keep throwing them at us. And I wonder if we're ever going to see some deaths also out of our crew members. If I were to guess who is the most expendable, it'd be Usopp, no questions asked. And I'd be okay with that, honestly. I hope down the line they're not afraid to pull those shots and take out characters save for maybe our big three of luffy nami zoro i'd like to see them make it through as far as possible but i wouldn't hate to see them take those kind of swings and axe hand morgan off a couple of our characters so that's kind of what i'm looking looking at honestly I can't wait for season two. Like I said earlier, like I'm, it sucks we're going to have to wait a few years for the next one, but I'm just glad it happened. You know, season one, what a riveting success. And um, yeah, I also more Shanks. I'd like to see him more in the fold as well. Mm. Yeah, good call. Guess you're going to have to just keep watching and find out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously could go to the anime side, but I, I do like the element of mystery and not knowing what's to come. And time will pass where I'll kind of forget about the show as well. And then when it rolls around, we're like, okay, season two is dropping in a few months. I'll be so pumped again. And we'll be going into it mm. with a fresh perspective, not knowing what's to come, that it'll be great. Kind of like with Attack on Titan, for example. Like now, at the time of recording, the finale allegedly is supposed to air a month from now. And I could just easily go and buy the manga and read it and see what happens at the end. But. I want to just go in blind and have my own theories on what's to happen, what's going to happen, and hopefully it's a satisfying conclusion. And that'd be a recommendation I'll rip as well. So Kurt, I'll just also shout out Curtis while you're here. You are the one who has pushed anime on me for years now, and I finally gave in, and I'm so glad that I did because this genre is truly fantastic. The way they're able to tell different stories is just not possible in other mediums and uh, while we're talking about how one piece has done that successfully i think there's other shows that'll be almost impossible to replicate in live action 
And yeah, it's just amazing art. The the fight scenes are incredible. The characters are unreal. The the depths, the emotional depths that they get to in these shows too is off the chain. Like almost every episode, people are breaking down, crying, and it's not really foresight. Like it's earned emotional moments in these shows and the storytelling too. Just, I can't say enough good things about this genre. And I thank you, Curtis, for opening my eyes to it. And I've said it already on the pod, and I just mentioned it. I would strongly recommend Attack on Titan for anyone who wants to get into the anime genre. Unfortunately, though, I feel like I've, I've, I got into the genre with the best show out there because this is, I've watched a few other shows that I've enjoyed quite a lot, but Attack on Titan is on another level, in my opinion. So that's my anime spiel right there. Throw it back to. Either of you want to take that from there? <laughs> well, I'll just say that it's, I don't know, I get this like uh, crazy uh, just enjoyment out of sharing, you know, one of my biggest passions with people, uh, you know, just dating back to like when we did our Hidden Gem episode and I brought mm-hmm. up your name and like I was yeah. so excited to to hear like Matt, like what you thought about watching that movie after like you said you were going to go grab it and stuff like that. Like I, I'm just like excited to, to, you know, to share that and to, to hear what other people think. And um, yeah, it really is just, you know, a bit untapped. It's definitely becoming a lot more accepted and a bit more mainstream, like in the West these days, as I think people are, um seeing it less as like a cartoon or like a, a like a medium for children and more of just like you know a way to tell any type of story but just with a different visual aspect right so um you know any 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 story that we are used to seeing on you know the big screen or in hollywood you know it it, it you know it could work in this medium it's just you know you have to have an open mind and you have to you know you have to be okay with watching it in a different way and if you can do that, like Eric said, you know, your eyes get open to it and you like, you know, you, the possibilities are now endless. Eric has a list of a thousand shows that I keep pestering him <laughs> about and, you know, maybe he'll get to them, maybe he won't, but you know, if you want them, they're there. So yeah, I'm really excited and happy to see that you guys are, are enjoying it. And uh, yeah, I'm here for any recommendations if you need any. Very beautifully said, Curtis. Um, for me, like anime, endless possibilities. And I know like I, an, an admission here, like every anime show and movie I've watched, which is not a lot, like I've loved all the movies and shows I've watched. I know that if I deep dive, if I go head first into like an anime exploration adventure, I know it's going to like eat me up and I'm going to go all out. I know my personality. I'm like that with other movie genres. But anime is so, it's an aggressive like, there's a lot of shows, a lot of seasons. I know it's going to eat up my time. And there's a small part of me that like holds off on that. And like, I limit my amount of anime I intake purposely because I know I think I'll fall in love with it, which sounds a little messed up, right? But I know how much time I have and not like, I don't have a lot of spare time, right? I know I could probably get hooked on the One Piece show. I know other shows too, like the the big names, you know, the Full Metal Alchemist and those type of shows. I know I probably love them. I watched Attack on Titan season one. I loved it. (laughs) What's stopping me from watching the other ones? I don't know. It's just, there's like a blockage in me where I don't want to go all in. That's a whole other discussion though, guys. But no, uh, Curtis, it's been great like hearing you talk about this show and Fred, we could have, 
picked your brain tonight on the the anime, right? Because I'm curious about that now. But uh, there's only so much time in the day, though, right? So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of shows out there that you can watch anime, but like I'm watching now, Full Metal Alchemist uh, Brotherhood, which yeah. I just started that. Very good show, but I'm only watching like one episode a day and not even every day also. Like I can space them out, but they are very easy to binge because they're like 20 minute episodes, right? So it's easy to just rip through quite a few of them at a time. But I think it is possible to get into that genre and not devote your all of your viewing to those huh. shows. Like I'm also still watching like upload and now I got Loki on the go and like, am I, I just switch it up a little and it's a nice change of pace. Honestly, I love watching it in Japanese. Like you do have to focus. You can't be on your phone right. at the same time, but it's, it's fun to just watch something in a different language in its authentic form. And uh, yeah, like the, the storytelling in there is just like, I've already said incredible. So no, obviously mm-hmm. like we could have just kept going on a bunch of other anime shows there. Curtis, do you have any shows that you'd want to impart on the listeners for recommendations if they wanted to get into the genre? Would One Piece be that show, in your opinion? Yeah, I would say One Piece is definitely not the show to <laughs> get to get into if you want to start anime. It's very interesting to hear what you guys are saying about like seeing a portion and then wanting to know more, right? And I think if if that's something that you're interested in, you know, One Piece is One Piece. I don't know like how many shows will rival this show in terms of its world building and its characters and things like that. It's just a massive commitment, right? There is a there is a like fan made initiative called One Pace online um, where you can watch like abridged versions of One Piece and it cuts out a lot of like the filler and I think like it mm-hmm. reduces the length of the show like substantially. So if you are seriously interested in One Piece and looking further than the live action, I would suggest One Pace. Um, you can just Google that and they have like all the the episodes online. Um, in terms of getting into the genre. I think like Attack on Titan is one of the better ones if you're okay with like uh, a bit of more of a like a gory adult themed show. It's very serious. Uh, there's a lot of action, a lot of emotion. Sometimes it's like it's immediately it's like hard to watch because of like just what happens in the show, right? So um, other than that, you know, there's, there are a lot and it would depend on, I think the best thing that, that you can do if you're interested is like, find what you enjoy watching outside of anime and then find an anime that fits that style. There's, there's anime for every single type of person. If, depending on what you enjoy, you know, there's like, you go to like the, just the standard sort of action anime, full metal alchemist brotherhood is one of the the most renowned just kind of shown in anime which is basically just your standard sort of action uh you know like good characters powers like different sort of power systems and things like that uh you know there's like more psychological animes like death note that takes more of like a realistic approach um that you know if you're not into the whole like like the power-ups and the fight scenes and stuff it's more of like a death note is like a chess game played out over a series of you know, like episodes where, um, you know, there's more of a psychological spin to it. There's, 
you know, there's sports animes. Like, I, I there's a couple sports animes I really enjoy. You know, there's animes like there's this there's this really popular anime called Vinland Saga that's about it's about Vikings and and it, like it goes back and basically explores like the 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 journey of a, a young boy who grows up in in Iceland like way back hundreds of years ago and and his story about about revenge and finding himself and and battling his demons and it there's just there's really there's endless endless shows out there so what i would suggest is you know either find one of the ones that is renowned uh or you know if you if you're interested in a certain genre of non-anime find the anime you know that best represents that and and dive in and if you enjoy the story um you know like the the animation should almost be like uh just a bonus on top of that so yeah that's what i would recommend wow it run down curtis a lot of good recommendations in there and yeah just if you're if it's something you're just unfamiliar with like take a shot see if it's for you i didn't really think it would be for me even though like i've already talked about how like i was a big Yu-Gi-Oh pokemon guy growing up and now the anime i've gotten into is definitely more adult i would say but give it a shot i would recommend and then worse comes to worse it didn't really stick or land for you but like curtis said odds are there's something out there that could fit your uh, viewing likes uh, out there for mm-hmm. you. So just give it a shot and uh, see where it goes. You know, life's all about seeing what's out there and um, trying new things out too is important. So, and especially in TV viewing habits, so they say. So <laughs> good stuff. So yeah, Curtis, uh, again, six for six. Who can forget, man? Just like knocking no them out of the park every time. Touchdown appearance. And um, I'm going to edit that out in the audio version. In the uh, video version, they'll see all of this. But audio, they they won't think I skipped a beat. So great, great episode, man. It was super fun discussing One Piece with you. Any final notes for the listeners? No, just uh, happy to be here. Uh, Happy to, uh, you know, share some of my nerdy anime wisdom. Um, you know, it, I think we scratched the surface uh, on this mm-hmm. one. So, you know, if you if you guys want to have me back and, uh, you know, maybe after Matt does, you know, go for maybe not a deep dive, but, you know, maybe just uh, just wade in, you know, waist high. That's all I ask. Like, we'll okay. hold the lifeline for you. You know, we'll pull you out if you need it. But at, at least like Eric said, just just give it a shot. Uh, I don't I don't think you'd be disappointed. Um, and then, you know, maybe we could discuss, uh, what it's like, uh, you know, taking that plunge in, uh, the year 2023 or beyond. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Curtis, thank you for coming on. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, you were great again, Curtis, as usual. I had a blast talking about this show with everyone and Eric, you too, what you said was great. Uh, it was a great episode overall guys. Good job. Yeah. Well said fellas. So yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Like I said, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We're trying to grow the YouTube. We appreciate all the support we get. Love you all, and yeah, peace.